There is a reason I brought you here today. Uh oh. <laughs> and you didn't know about this reason. No. You just thought we were coming here to chit chat, right? Yes. But I've got some news. <laughs> now I'm suspicious. <laughs> I've got some news. Yes. Some big news. Tell me. You really want to know? Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yeah, I've been ready for about an hour. <laughs> okay. What's up, everyone? And welcome to the Wide Away Podcast. My name is Joshua Rubin, and I'm your host. Today, I feel like this is a bit of a full circle podcast because the first episode I ever did was with my old man, you know, the da daddy wide awake, the ancient one. <laughs> we call him the ancient one around here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're almost at the 50th episode and so much has happened. So I thought I would bring my dad back on. Everybody give a warm welcome to Tony Rubin. Thank you for having me, Josh. How are you doing, dad? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Uh, I'm a bit out of practice. The last time I was here was episode one. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, you've had yeah. a bit more practice than I have over yeah. there. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, but thank you for having me. Yeah. So I thought today we would go over just a whole bunch of things that have happened, you know. We've got some big updates, kind of. Um, I thought we would talk about my dad a little bit. I would talk about my my trip to America because that was just like crazy for me. And it was the first trip I've ever gone on solo. And I also stayed with my dad's family there, which was really cool because I didn't know them that well. So it was like a great opportunity to get to know them. And uh, yeah, America was wild. So we'll talk about that soon. Yeah, I just want to know a little bit about you. I mean, obviously I know, but um, I just want to share a little bit of your story with the audience uh, because I think... Josh, it must have been a slow week this week. Yeah. Well, I know no guests around it. Eh? I mean, my daughter-in-law calls me vanilla, so... Yeah. No, so the, the thing is, my dad, you, are quite a plain guy, right? Yeah. But I think you're very interesting at the same time. Um, you know, you, you've gone through quite a lot in terms of just being a dad. Um, being your dad, I've gone through. Quite no, a but honestly, I think <laughs> with with the way the world is now, there's such a big focus on like male role models and father figures and kids feeling so lost. And I would have been one of those kids. I was one of those kids. I'm still lost, you know, to an extent. But someone like you, the stable, rock solid father, and my mother, you know, not not everyone has that. So I think even though it, it may be a little bit of a vanilla topic. It's interesting because listen, I think I yeah. think it was easier for my generation growing up. I think social media has actually made your lives much harder. Mm. I, I've got no doubt about that. Um, it, it was much easier for us to grow up. We when we made plans, we made them the week before. Not, then we never changed them because you couldn't get in touch with anybody. So it, <laughs> no, but it's true. It wasn't. Mm. It wasn't this chopping and changing and seeing who's in favor flavor of the week. And yeah. you know, it was so much easier. And uh, you, you kept your friends. Your friends were very close. Mm. Um, and it definitely was a lot easier. And I, when when uh, when I got married and had kids, the most important thing to me was to be a good role, role model mm. to my kids. That has been my driving force always. Why? Um, my father wasn't a particularly good um, driving force. He was a decent person, but he wasn't a great father and he wasn't a great mo role model. Mm. I and think that's maybe a little bit of an understatement because he really wasn't a good father. And I know it's hard to talk about dads, you know, because even, even someone that didn't have a good dad, it's still your dad. Yeah. 
Um, listen, I'm lucky. I had a very dependable mother mm. and we're very, very close. But my father was, yeah, he wasn't a great role model. And my whole life, I'm, I basically try to do the opposite. And that's and it's been so good for me to mm. do that. <laughs> it's always worked for me. My mom always told me, she always said when I was going through my really tough times, she always said to me, um, just do everything opposite today. Because obviously the things I'm doing are hurting me. Sure. So if you want to sit at home and do nothing today, go for a walk. If you don't want to do any work today, do one little piece of work. Just do something, you know. Just do the opposite of what you want to do. Because clearly what you want to do hasn't got you to where you want to be. <laughs> yeah, and, and also I was listening to the, uh, on the radio the other day. And it's saying if you've got two choices or two decisions to make, Take the harder road because it's normally the right road because mm. it's the road you'll normally avoid. Yeah. So yeah, and that's kind of mm. that's kind of been the way I've been my whole life. But I think I, I want to talk about what you were like as a kid because me and you couldn't be further. We were polar opposites. Uh, what yeah, what was, were you like as a kid? What kind of I, things did you get up to? I was probably really close to what your brother's like, Daniel. Yeah. Mm, in some ways, but you I think you were very active. I was really active, but I was very shy. Mm. Um, I, I was um, very reserved. Um, I didn't participate much. I didn't do a lot of, didn't play a lot of sports. I had a couple of close friends. Um, but apart from that, I kind of stuck to myself. Um, and it's kind of not what I am today, though. I'm, I think I'm a very different person today. Mm. I think I'm quite social today. Um, I'm really active. I've, I've tried to improve, improve my personality and my life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you have come out of your shell quite a lot. I think I've pushed you out of your shell <laughs> yeah, quite I a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I want to talk about the things you did when you were younger. So, I mean, today, like I would sit on my phone or I would go and get up to some sort of nonsense or, you, you know, go make a video before, before you could do that. I mean, you, one thing that you always used to do was build stuff. Yeah. So... I mean, we, 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 didn't, um, we didn't really have cars or transport in school days. So we used to, our bicycles were everything. That's how we got around. We either went on bicycle or we hitchhiked. Right, because cars were too expensive. No, we just didn't have cars. Yeah. You had, you know, if you're in a family of four, you had one car. Mm. That's our family anyway. Um, so we went either everywhere on our bikes. And if it was too far, we hitchhiked. And often the hitchhiked end up walking all the way there and all the way back. <laughs> <laughs> but your, your mom used to say, because you, you were very good with your hands. You still are. Well, we, that's um, how you learned. Because she, she said you used to sit in the garage and people from all over the area would come and bring their electronics. Everybody used to bring their bicycles and their radios and their record players. And, their, and that's what I used to do. I used to fix them. I used to love fixing things. Mm. I used to love pulling things apart too. That's how you learned. So, mm. I, I mean, I got in trouble a lot with my parents because I was always pulling things apart and mm. not always putting them back together again. But I really learned from that. And you know? how old were you when you mm. left uh, your, your parents' house? So I left, I left um, it, was, it was Zimbabwe, it had become Zimbabwe, and I was 18. And I came to South Africa, moved to Johannesburg into a, into a bachelor flat in Hillborough. And um, I was earning, uh, I was earning about two hundred rand a month. What would that be equivalent uh, to today? You think uh, 
300 rand a month. <laughs> Not quite. No, well, let's put it this way. So my rent was 70 rand a month. I was earning 200 rand a month. Um, For 300, I think you said. No, I was earning actually 210 rand a month. That okay. was my first, first salary. Yeah. And about in the middle of the month, I had completely run out of money, completely. So we were, I actually had a friend who lived in the same flat, the same block of flats in Hillbrow, and he was in the same position. And we used to live on like watermelon and bagels from about the middle of the month till we got paid. Well, you told the baked so, bean story. <laughs> which baked bean story? With the, your dad with the beans. So, yeah, I mean, the, the one month I phoned my father, he was in Zimbabwe, I was in, and I said, Dad. In Joburg. I said, Dad. We're just really, me and Eric was my good friend. I said, we're just really hungry. And about a week later, a crate of mixed vegetables and baked beans arrived. And I thought, could he not just send me some money at least? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, were, you were working and studying at the same time. So you were putting yourself through your studies. Yeah, so I was really lucky. I, I loved electronics and I found a company that sent me to college six months of the year and, uh, and I worked six months of the year. And the six months of the year I went to college, they paid for my college and they gave me two thirds of my salary. So for me, it was, well, two thirds of 210 Rand still wasn't a lot, but it, it, I, I got through mm. it that way. And I studied for uh, nearly seven years that way. Mm. Could have been a and, doctor. Uh, yeah, got more. <laughs> <laughs> not the course I was doing, but it was but great. the seven years. It was good times, mm. you know. It and was good um, times. Just to kind of end this part of the podcast off. I mean, what? Uh, where, how did you meet mom? So, how, uh, how did you meet so, my mother? Was <laughs> the show called How I Met Your Mother? How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. But that show went on for about ten seasons. Yeah. I'm going to give you the bridge. Give me a, like so. half an episode. So. When, when my parents first moved from Scotland to Zimbabwe, it was Rhodesia at mm. the time, it was, like, it was like the new frontier. The first person they met was a guy called Freddie Wiesenbacher, who ended up, who, in, who, who actually is my wife's father. And so I got to know the family and it was a family of three girls and, an, uh, and, a, and a boy. And I always liked Debbie. I mean, we, I liked her from the age of nine. But we Debbie's never, my mom. But we never, <laughs> but we never dated, never mm. went out. We saw each other now and again. And, and then I moved to South Africa. I started working. And I think at the age of about 26, I sent her a Valentine's Day card. <laughs> she was living in Zimbabwe. And it was an anonymous card with an, a reply address, and she replied. And we started talking, and eventually I revealed who I was. And the rest is history. No, but then you, I, you drove up for Valentine's Day. I, I, drove, I drove up from Joburg to, mm. to Harare, and um, I stayed with her for a couple of days. She was staying with mm. her sister, and that was it. Mm. That was it. We um, we started dating, and then uh, a year later, we I left South Africa. She left Zimbabwe, and we moved to America. And then had Daniel. And then that's and then Zimbabwe. And that's where your and brother me, yeah. was born. 
And then, uh, yeah, we stayed there for seven years and then uh, she missed her parents. We moved back to Zimbabwe and that's where you were born. Mm. Sorry for that. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a crazy, yeah. And uh, I mean, in terms of the actual podcast, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever committed to something like this before. And I don't think when I started it, I think you thought the first episode was probably going to be the last one. <laughs> Listen, I thought, I thought at the time mm. it's the perfect thing for you. I must be honest, I, I couldn't see how you can, could make a living out of podcasts. I, I mean, I wasn't watching mm. a lot of social media and was still trying to work that one out. But yeah, <laughs> but, um, yeah it was hard to see a future sitting on two tables in, a, in one of the tiny little rooms of my house. And now you're almost on your 50th episode. Mm. So, and it's, and I, when I walk around with you, Everybody recognizes you. It's mm. crazy. I, it's so funny. I went to town the other day with my friends and I'm like so awkward with these interactions because I don't know what to say. So often I just end up messing with people and um, yeah, people like come up to me. This this one girl came up to me the other day. She went, I was with my friends and she was like, you're famous. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what to do in those situations. It's like, what do you do? So I'll tell you what, from that first podcast, I picked up a fan too. Oh yeah, someone saw you on the mountain. <laughs> I was walking on the mountain and a guy goes, you're Josh's dad. I saw your podcast. <laughs> so I'm hoping from this episode I can yeah. pick up, I could pick up uh, another. <laughs> no, no, it's been, it's been interesting. And I think it's been, it's been a huge learning curve because for me in Cape Town, I've never, I only learned about podcasts and all this kind of stuff during lockdown. It wasn't really a thing for me beforehand. Like I didn't know much about YouTube. I didn't know about anything about video cameras really. I mean, I used to play with them when I was younger, but technically I was not very good. I didn't know anything about audio. I didn't know anything about lighting. And I've learned all of this stuff in the past year and a half. And I feel like I'm this one man crew. And it's, I, I, okay, I'm, I'm maybe like giving myself too much praise here, but, <laughs> but it's been so difficult and so rewarding at the same time, just being able to push through something and I mean, there's no end goal with this. There's no finish line. It's just about, you know, waking up and keep- you, you just But have, are you enjoying it? You just have to keep going. I am enjoying I mean, it. The, the only thing that I'm really struggling with is because I am doing it alone. Obviously, like I have your guys' emotional support, but technically like the America trip, I did it completely alone and it was so expensive and it was just like the biggest nightmare. I mean, I enjoyed the America trip to an extent because it was awesome seeing your family and stuff. Um, but otherwise, it was just really, really difficult. I mean, for those that don't know, maybe new viewers, I went to America recently. Um, I was actually planning on going to the UK. And then literally the day I booked my flight to the UK, I was like, no, I'm going to go to America because it's cheaper, because it's, there's higher family, then I can stay there. So I ended up going- And there's to, more crazy people. And there's more crazy people, yeah. <laughs> so, so Don't I forget up, that. I ended up uh, booking a, a ticket to Florida and um, yeah, I've never been like on a proper trip by myself. Um, I've certainly never driven by myself in another country. So, I mean, when I got there, I arrived at Miami airport at like 10, 11 o'clock at night and it was so full. There's just like millions of people in that airport. Um, and then your your family picked me up and we went to their house and uh, I chilled for about a day or two, got prepared, contacted all these guests. No one, like none of the guests were replying to me in Cape Town. So I just gambled and I was like, I'm gonna go to America. And when I get there, I'm gonna get a SIM card and 
hopefully if I call them, they'll pick up. And luckily that happened. You know, people started picking up and I started booking guests. And the first person that I interviewed was not even someone that I was even contemplating interview. I didn't even know it was possible. But I years ago, I watched the movie War Dogs. And that was with Jonah Hill, Bradley Cooper, and Miles Teller. And it's like this crazy movie about these young kids who um, started a, an arms dealing business and did a $300 million contract with the Pentagon that fell through because um, they were repackaging it. They were repackaging Chinese, Chinese, ammunition, Chinese ammunition, which was not, which, which is banned. Which is banned, right? You, co- you couldn't sell it to the, the US Army or the, or the Pentagon. Or, um, and they did it and they got caught basically. And it just went, uh, yeah, it went badly for them. So I spoke to the real guy, not the actors, the real guy. His name was David Packhouse. And uh, that was a really crazy um, experience. I went to his apartment in Miami and it was like this massive apartment on top of this huge skyscraper skyscraper in Miami. And I walked in with like all of my equipment. Um, I had two bags. I reckon I must have had like 60 to 80 kilos of equipment. It was like quite crazy and took it up to his apartment, got it all ready, filmed the episode. And then um, a few days later, I rented a car and I ended up driving all around Florida, which is way bigger than I thought it was. Um, and I did about four podcasts in five days. And if you know anything about setting up a studio in a new location, the sound is really bad. The lighting is really bad. And you don't know what anything is going to be you like. What their homes are going to look you don't like. Know what, eh? Yeah, you don't know what anything's going to be like. Um, and I got to so many of the locations and they were terrible. And I would just have to try and just get it together and uh, alone it's like w- with a partner it's maybe a bit easier because you can talk and go like you know what we just have to get through this we go home it is what it is but when you're by yourself and you run into like a hurdle it's like the only person that can get you out of it is you so i must say we were quite worried about you running around uh, uh, florida by yourself yeah you know, i was it's, I was, uh, it's quite can be quite an intimidating place mm. i mean we i mean we used to live in florida we used to live in boca raton but we used to go to miami a lot Hmm. And uh, sometimes we would get lost. In those days, you didn't have GPS. So you had a pager and you had a map. And then sometimes you would do a, a wrong turn and you could end up in a really tough part of Miami. Hmm. And I mean, Miami was really the drug capital of America. I mean, we got, we got, we, we, I mean, we were, we were in a shopping mall once and there was a whole shootout. <laughs> I mean, like five or six people got shot. It, hmm. it was actually a, it was a, it was a drug raid. Well, I mean, you know, that's how Miami and Florida were built, um, was through the drug trade. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I spoke to a guy, there was, what, I think one of the, the second podcast or third podcast I did was with a guy called Tim McBride, the saltwater cowboy. And um, I got to his house and I have never like, he had carpets everywhere and it was just like all the weed smoke from, from and he was just constantly smoking throughout the whole podcast. All of it had just seeped into all the curtains and the... I the guess couches I guess, and the, I guess he still had some product left from, yeah. his, <laughs> from, well, from his days. Yeah, probably a few pounds <laughs> of the 30 million pounds he says he smuggled. Um, but I was like meeting people like him and like I was in his apartment filming the episode and he was just constantly smoking weed and it was just like the biggest hot box. Um, then I went to the Joker's house, which was just like, it's, it's one thing seeing these guys on TV or seeing them online, but to actually go there and see these people, it really changes your perspective on it. Because when I saw the Joker, right, the guy with the Joker face tattoos, I assumed this guy just, um, he's just trying to get money and attention and fame. And 
then you know what I mean? Is he though? Doing all these he, crazy or, things or online. He, or is he trying to separate himself from normal society? Well, I think it's that, yeah, it's, but that, the goal <laughs> there is to make money usually. It's like, why would you want to separate yourself so you can be unique and stand out and form a niche for yourself or something, you know? But when I went to his house, like he's living in this tiny little place. It's basically like a trailer, but it's a house. And um, it's completely damn it like it, everything's just falling apart there's drugs everywhere there was guns everywhere and like i went into his kids room and it's just like dirty and flies and, I, I mean and living living in america but i just there's felt no there's no reason to have to be like mm, that let's face it mm, I, well there's issues a lot of issues in america but, <laughs> but is, i was but... i was there and honestly i thought i was not gonna like him but i felt so bad for him in a way because I could see he's just gone through so much and not necessarily on the outside, but in mentally, he's obviously something is not right, you mm. know. When, I mean, when I watched that podcast, I actually felt sorry for him. I felt mm. sad for him, really. Yeah. You know, that was my feeling after watching that podcast. Mm. You know, I just thought it's such a shame, you know, to have to be like that, carrying all yeah. the baggage and, you know. Mm. And I think that's one thing that I, I do like about this job or this, whatever this is, is the fact that like, I get to meet so many different kinds of people. And I honestly think I've become way, I don't know if you've noticed, but it's like since America, I feel like a lot more softer. I feel like I'm more compassionate. I don't know why. I feel like I'm happier as well in, in a weird way. I feel like I've accepted something. That trip in a way, was it was so stressful for me that I was just like, if I can go through that. And I know it sounds like, Pathetic. It's like oh, you, tell you, what, you, went, you went traveling around America to do podcasts, but it was so intense for me. And it was like such a weird experience that I think it like actually did change something inside of me. You grew up. A little bit, yeah. I think you did. You grew up. Mm. We saw a big change in you when you got back. So, But I think if that's what it was. You actually grew up. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still a ways to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, since I got back, it's been... You know, I haven't been podcasting as much because I started editing a lot of what I had uh, filmed in America because I had quite a lot of backlog. Um, and now I'm kind of just starting to film again. Um, I've done a few episodes since I've been in, back in Cape Town, and I think they've been some of my best episodes as well. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm in a bit of a hard place with the podcast because I've actually just started talking to some people that are going to come on and hopefully really up the, the level of this show. So there's going to be some changes, I think, coming very soon. I had a meeting with someone yesterday, and it was really, really good. I really liked the guy. Um, and he's got a whole team of people that are going to start trying to help me. So hopefully things are going to be really, well, really, yeah. Being in Cape We're going to be on top of it soon. I think being in Cape Town, the biggest problem is the shortage of guests. Yeah. Getting, finding guests. I yeah. think obviously being in Johannesburg, it would be a bit easier. But yeah, Cape Town, hence why I'm on today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, not quite. No, the, the, the thing is, I want to be as consistent with the podcast as possible, but it can be very difficult because I don't want to put out bad episodes. Sure. I've got about seven or eight episodes on my hard drive that I've never uploaded since the start of this podcast. Um, what, because they're not, they're not upload worthy or you just... Haven't got to them or? No, I mean, some of them, they're, they're, some of them are pretty good, but there's issues that come with this, you know, like sometimes I, I don't want to put out anything that I'm not comfortable with um, or that's, I don't feel is, is good. Um, and a lot of the time it's not the guest fault. It's, it's on me um, because I am worrying about the cameras and the, this. So I think with the team coming on soon, it's going to really open my, it's going to open me up a little bit and I can just focus on 
being a host, which I think is sure. is really what, cool. What was your most enjoyable podcast? Have you, got, have you got one? My favorite one ever. Yeah. She's that last one with Tando. With, uh, now, you know, I haven't actually even watched that The ex-gangster Tando is phenomenal. I've had such good feedback on that. And uh, I personally thought before I uploaded it, that was the, it was the best episode I've ever done. Um, and I've seen a lot of people saying that it was their favorite episode ever so as well. So when you first started, you used to show me the podcasts before you uploaded them. So I got to see everything. Now I'm up, I must admit I'm about three or four podcasts behind. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to watch each episode three times before yeah. putting it out because I would edit it and watch it while I was editing it. I'd watch it by myself and then I'd watch it with you. Um, so it was like eight hours of watching one podcast or six hours. It was just, it was just ridiculous. Um, but I mean, some of the, like the, the other one that was so cool was, I don't know if you guys have heard about Russ. So it was, it was actually one of my smallest episodes, but it was one of my favorite as well. It was super short and um, just giving you a bit of context, Russ is running around Africa. He's running, he's running across the, Africa. Uh, from the bottom to the top. Yeah. It's, he's actually, I had a look the other day. He's actually, he's in Angola now. Yeah. He's running the all the way through from Cape Town through Namibia and he's now in Angola. So this guy, Russ from the UK, messages me and says he would like to come on my podcast. And I said, cool. And he's done a whole bunch of things like being buried alive for seven days. And he did a marathon while pulling a full car. And now he's running across Africa, which is 15,000 kilometers, the route he's taking roughly. I mean, he's running, he's running about 60 Ks a day. He's running yeah. between 50 and 60 Ks a day. Which I is mean, nuts. It, it's, I mean, I'm a runner or I used to be a runner. It's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I, I did two marathons. After each marathon, it took me about a week to recover. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was, that's when I was younger. Mm -hmm. There was this guy called David Goggins. He's also an extreme athlete. And uh, he, he was, I saw a clip of him yesterday talking to Joe Rogan. And David Goggins is known, they say he's probably the hardest man on planet Earth in terms of just being... A, I think he's about to be eclipsed. He's just an absolute <laughs> animal, right? And he was saying on Joe Rogan's podcast, he was like, yeah, I ran uh, eight, eight weekends in a row. I ran a 100-kilometer marathon, eight weekends in a row. So weekend one, he did a 100K race. Weekend two, 100K race. Weekend three, over eight weeks, he did. Russ is basically doing that for eight months straight. He's doing 60Ks a day. I mean, it's, and Joe Rogan was like, that's like the craziest thing I've ever heard. Russ is an animal. I mean, when he came here for the podcast, he was sitting across from me. When we finished, I walked him downstairs and I said, how are you getting home? You want me to call you an Uber or something? And he goes, no, I think I might just run home. Yeah, but hold on. I he said, was going to Fishhook. No? I, said, I said, where are you going? He goes, Fishhook. It's about 40 Ks <laughs> away from here. He just took a, a casual, you know, uh, run down to Fishhook. Yeah, I mean, it was insane. And now he's like a month and a half, two months in. And um, he's covered some serious mileage, but he's also been very, very sick. But for you, for those that haven't heard about this or didn't watch the podcast with him, go check out his YouTube channel right now. They post a, a video like literally every two or three days of updates. And uh, he's not even close to being done. So you've joined at the right time. Go check it out. You will not regret it. The video is awesome. You know, when you first started doing podcasts, I knew you would do well with them because I've seen you interact with people and you can interact with a two-year-old and you can interact with an eight-year-old. And I remember when you first started, you got Turner Adams on. Mm. And I was really nervous because the studio is in my house. This is an ex-Polesmore prisoner who's 
kind of feared throughout South Africa. And now he's coming to do a podcast. And and he was he was the first, one of the very first that you did. Second guest I ever had. The second guest you ever had. I'm sure you were pretty nervous too. No. And then, <laughs> so I, I was at the office. I'm normally at the office when you have these podcasts. And I phoned, I phoned home. I said, I phoned Debbie, my wife. I said, is everything all right at the house? I'm like whispering on the phone. She goes, yeah, Turner and I are having tea and cake. <laughs> <laughs> like, <it> like <laughs> I think that's something that, you know, since I've started this podcast, I've wanted to rent a space and rent a studio or, or take the podcast out of the house. But there's something that I love about having it in your guy's house. I feel like it just makes the story way well, cooler one day. It's like, <laughs> it's like I've had politicians coming sit down in my old bedroom. This is my old bedroom, right? I took a wank right over there, okay? <laughs> and Musi Maimani said over there. <laughs> so you, I hope you didn't tell him that. <laughs> that was a rough one. Yeah, it was uh, too much information. But anyway, so, you know what I'm saying? It's like, this is like my- Maybe it's time you got a studio somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally my bedroom, but I've had like some insane guests in here. I just feel like it makes the story so cool. But, but also with Turner, I never met him that time. Mm. And then you got him on the podcast. Actually, you were doing, uh, you were filming, doing- Taking photos, yeah. Taking photos for NFTs, right? And I walked into your studio, which was actually not here. It was, it was in one of the other rooms yeah. at the time, the small room. And there's Turner with this funny hat on, these massive big clown glasses, and he's got a rose between his teeth and he's like this. He goes, is this good, Josh? Is this good, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how do you get these people to do these things? I mean, I remember the one time I was I was in a in a drug den, and there was like six gangsters around me. And they, whenever I got there, they would always come and walk and talk to me and help me film and stuff. And I remember leaving the the gangsters like house. There was a security guard outside in the street, and there were six guys walking out with me with all my equipment. Each one of them had like. Probably it was probably it was a lot of money worth of equipment. It was all like a whole bunch of my stuff. I was doing full-on interviews, microphones, cameras, tripods, everything, lights. And there's these six gangsters walking outside with all my stuff. The security guard's face went like this. <coughs> was that the one that mom phoned you in the middle? No, no, no. But the, yeah, the security guard was like, "How did you do that?" You were with the America Gang or something? Was it? Yeah, the I was in Vandenberg. And- <laughs> in one of in one of the yeah. one of their dens. And they were they were showing me their guns, cleaning their guns, and <laughs> yeah. doing a few things. And your phone rang. It was mom going, "Are you okay? Okay." Yeah. <laughs> you're going, "Yeah, everything's fine." Um, yeah, yeah. If only she knew, right? Mm. <laughs> and I think, I mean, because this is kind of just like a chit chatting, <laughs> just like updatey episode, you know. Um, I actually really enjoy this because I feel like I, I don't often get to like speak to the audience because I'm always focused on the guest and their story. And I mean, if you guys have any questions for us or me, my dad, just put them in the comments. We'll take a look through them um, and we'll answer some of the good ones. I mean, the other other guests I met of yours that... uh, And also, if you want to support the channel... (laughs) Sorry. If you want to support the channel and uh, get me out of my mom's house... Please support the um, channel. Hold on. You can become a member. Just uh, below, there's like a little thing that says membership. You can become a member of the channel or you can become a Patreon supporter. Um, Or there's like... I Actually, the other day, randomly, I was sitting down and like someone's... A thing popped up on my phone. It said, you just received 14 rand. 
I was like, oh, 14. <laughs> I was like, oh. And I'm like, commission? 14 <laughs> rand. <laughs> 14 rand, 14 rand. And someone sent me, it's called a super thanks on YouTube. You can click super thanks and just and send someone like a little gift if you enjoyed the episode. So yeah, no pressure. But if you enjoy the channel, you can support it through you, those, those you know ways. I'm nearing retirement age. Hey? Yeah. So, so get in there. Get on with it. <laughs> should, we, should we start crying quick? Yeah. Wait, wait, Dad. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay, so let's. I want to talk about addiction just to end it off. Just to end it off, I want to talk a little bit about addiction uh, because people have been asking for some updates. And um, I think the first episode we did as well, we never, um, we never really talked about the drugs that I did. And there was a reason we didn't because I didn't, I don't really like talking about it. I feel like it sounds a bit tacky going mm. like, oh, I use this, I use, it's like boasting. It's almost boasting. It's like boasting. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard um, recovering addicts sometimes where they, it is, they yeah. like it to sound like they were the worst. They were the, yeah. you know. And that's the thing. And it's it, like, it really you know. isn't anything to be proud of, proud of, you know. Yeah. Well, I think re- getting recovery, better is something. Yeah. to be proud of, but not how, you know. How you got yeah. to that point. Yeah. But I think it's important. I think I will go into it today because people have been asking me and every time I mention addiction, people go, oh, we'll bet you just smoke weed or you know what I mean? So to get, to get into it, I mean, I used hard drugs from a young age. I think I started, I mean, I started smoking weed and drinking when I was probably 12 or 13 because I remember my bar mitzvah, I was toasted. (laughs) Um, And then from there, it like escalated very quickly. I mean, the first time I went to rehab was when I was about 16 years old. And me and my brother went on a trip to Cambodia with my cousins and stuff. And um, I had started using harder drugs before that. Like I've been to a few festivals and I had done LSD and mushrooms and MD or whatever uh, and cocaine and um, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I went to Cambodia, I discovered heroin for the first time. And for three weeks straight, I was just using heroin. Like that's like all we did. And my brother was there and he's completely sober. He like didn't he came, know. He came back horrified. He didn't know what was going on. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was just, it was just weeks of just throwing up and like, it was just, it was awful. Um, and I was 16 years old, like driving around on motorbikes in Cambodia, just picking up my own heroin. We weren't injecting it or anything. We were snorting it, which can be a lot worse because it's very hard to gauge the dosage. It's funny in a country that's so tough on drugs. It's so accessible, yeah. How many yeah. drugs are, are available yeah. and... Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and then after that Cambodia trip, I came back to Cape Town and I went straight into rehab and I dropped out of school at about 16 years old. And I mean, I've used Xanax, roofies, heroin, cocaine, LSD, changa, DMT, uh, literally every single thing. I don't think there's a thing. Tuck, meth, I don't know, cat. Like there's, literally, there's nothing I haven't done. So it's, I don't like to talk about it. It's like, what's the point? You don't achieve anything but i think there's some people that go like uh there's different levels to it you know know, and by far i was not the worst i've seen way worse you know um addicts than me and i I think that's the thing when you go into rehab or recovery for the first time you have like this thing because you're such a loser or you you've got i went so low in my life that it's like the only thing you have is like i can do more drugs than you you know yeah, and it becomes you mean, oh, there's something you're good at. There's something I'm good at yeah. is doing drugs, and yeah. that's why people boast about it in treatment because a lot of the time there's nothing else they're good at because they've lost everything else. Um, you're not going to boast about how many cars you have because you probably sold them, you know, or trash them, or trash them. <laughs> um, so yeah, there there was a lot of yeah, it was it was just, it was awful, and it was from a very young age, and like we spoke about in the first episode. 
put my parents through hell. I mean, can you explain what it was like? In, oh, yeah. I think a lot of the time we were in denial, but it, it, it nearly ruined my marriage. It cost us a fortune financially. And it, we were constantly, it, it was something that we were constantly working on and thinking about. And it was terrible, actually. Mm-hmm. It was really terrible for us. It, it also put our life on hold as well as your own, you know? Yeah. And I mean, it's like evident. If you take off my shirt, which I'll do right now, <laughs> this is not what like a 20-year-old Jewish boy should look like. <laughs> and I mean, these tattoos, like I literally got this one when I was still in like high school. I was 15 years old. It put like this massive thing on my chest that looks like a pentagram. It's not a pentagram, but it looks like one. Um, my arm here, I've got scars all over the place from cutting myself when I was younger. That's why I put this tattoo here because it covers most of them, but there's still a lot over here. And I've just got scars everywhere. Like it was horrible. It was, it was nothing to boast about. <laughs> it wasn't a fun time. I'm glad this is about you, Josh. I'm going to keep my shirt on. <laughs> yeah. Take it off. <laughs> it wasn't a fun time. It was really a hard time. It wasn't a fun time. And internally, I, I'm, I'm never going to be like exactly the same. I feel weaker inside. I think maybe because I'm a bit lazy and I should exercise more. But I've been eating pretty good. I still feel weaker inside. The outside's never going to be the same. Well, you keep canceling the Sunday morning gym sessions. I know. I know. Um, but I think we've talked about it enough. You know, you guys know I was an addict. Now you know what I did, like some of the drugs I did. Um, but there is a reason I brought you here today. Uh-oh. <laughs> and you didn't know about this reason. No. You just thought we were coming here to chit-chat, right? Yes. But I've got some news. <laughs> now I'm suspicious. <laughs> I've got some news. Yes. Some big news. Tell me. You really want to know? Yeah. I relapsed. No, you didn't. I swear to God I did. Did you? Yeah. No. Yeah. What happened? Are you serious? Swear to God. When? Three months ago. Two months ago. And relapsed and and quit or relapsed and stayed relapsed? Stayed relapsed. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. In what way, Josh? I'm smoking weed again. And it was not something that is this something that I've been talking to you about for a long time. So, and I was nervous to do it on camera, but yeah. I thought like I did want to do an episode with you and I thought I may as well do it here because it's been really kind of difficult for me to not tell you guys because I said if I did do it, I would tell you. So when, when you got clean, the therapist that you used to work with, right, mm-hmm. said one day perhaps you would be able to have a drink now and again or so uh, I'm not sure exactly. I'm still a bit shocked. I know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I need to process it still. Mm, and it, I and, know. And it all depends on how you go forward with this now, mm. you know? Well, the, the thing is I've been pretty good with it, and it's been three months. I mean, have you noticed a difference over the three months? You have mm. made a few comments like, oh, your eyes are a little bit funny today or, or something like that because I wake up and my eyes are like, but often that's from sleeping pills as well anyway. Yeah. Um, but I mean, have you noticed the difference in me in the past three months? No. no do, you, do, you, do you not think I've actually been better the past three months? Um, I've been working super hard. <clears throat> yeah. I've been very dedicated. I thought you were going to tell me you started taking Be on bit, the rampage. bitters in your... <laughs> no, but I, this, is, this is a big thing, hey. I know it's For me thing. to say. And I've been, uh, I'm actually a bit shocked. But, I've been very nervous but, um, to say it. <clears throat> yeah. And like, um, 
because <clears throat> you guys, I put you through so much and like, yeah, it, it, was, it was such a rough time. And just like, I've been clean for over four years. I was clean for over four years. And you know, like I've been going to NA meetings all the time and I've got all these friends now at NA, like, and I, I, can't really see them anymore now because of starting it and like I didn't want to go back there to see everyone because it's like sure. I'm not gonna I wasn't gonna say anything I didn't want to say, and I don't want to pretend like I'm clean when I'm not sure um well listen it depends what you do with it now yeah I think that's the big thing but I, th I think you it's know? so important for me to like put it out in the open but I think I think the important thing Josh is you you keep us fed with information yeah you know what I mean? If you feel that it's becoming a bigger problem, then you need to tell us. Well, I 100% would. Then you need to tell us. And I remember us, when I, I spoke to you a few months ago and I was like, I might in the future smoke or something, um, but I would tell you like as I did it. And I thought when I, the day I did it, I was like, should I tell them or should I just try it out? And if it like isn't right for me, I'll just stop. And I feel like it's been really good because it's been three months now and my life has stayed the same, if not got better. But is there any questions that you want to know? Like anything you want to ask me? What about that? Or yeah, about I mean like any, any or... concerns or... <clears throat> I think the thing is just keep up honest with us, you know? Yeah, just everyone's going to keep... freak out when they see this. Oh yeah. my God, <laughs> oh my God. Just keep honest with us and keep it under control. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I think you've grown up enough now that you could that you can keep it yeah. under control, but... Uh, I, I um, think so too, know, 100%. So, so then I'm okay if that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It just <laughs> felt like such a weird thing. Like, I think I think 90% of people smoke weed. I think I'm mm. almost one of the few that doesn't. And the, the thing is, like, I've done it a different way, whereas weed is legal now. So I'm not <clears throat> dealing with dealers or anything like that. Yeah. It's like I literally, there's like a place in Greenpoint... I go down there, I buy like a little thing and then I go home. I actually started with gummies because I was I used them as the, instead just of the sleeping sleep. Thing. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really like them. I, well, I used them a bit too to try sleep because yeah. I went through a period where I really wasn't sleeping well. Yeah. But I didn't, I, I stopped using mm. them. I didn't. Uh, yeah. And that's actually the only time I've ever taken drugs really. But yeah, it's, it's, I just wanted to tell you, sure, I'm sorry for doing it, so. it on the episode. It's okay. <laughs> and it's got, <laughs> it's got a bit chaotic now because I think we're both processing here. But um, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to know about it? Any concerns you had before we end the, the show? No, not really. But just, yeah, just keep us informed. Eh? Oh, well. Should we yeah. call mom in and I'll tell her? But does she not know? No, no one knows. Well, no, a few people know. Thought maybe that's where you were getting your stash from. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. And I've been like dropping hints every now and then. Like, do you remember there was, you guys had a few friends over the other day and someone said, you guys were all sitting together and someone said, so how long have you been clean for, Josh? Yeah. And I said, yeah. about, I said about 24 hours. <laughs> I thought you were joking. But uh, anyway, I mean, should we call, should we call Debbie in and, and tell her a bit yeah. rough to do it on the podcast? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll tell her afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it. I think, I mean, I, I feel we could talk for ages, but yeah. I mean, let's not bore your audience. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a good, I think it was, a, I think it was, let's leave them on that cliffhanger. Yeah. And I think it was a really good episode in a way. It's nice to just sit down and chat with like no direction and just go for it. Um, and yeah, it's lovely having you on. I honestly feel a lot better after kind of telling you that. Um, yeah. And I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Wide Awake Podcast. If you want to see another one like this, maybe me and Caroline or... Just me and someone else. Um, more casual episode. 
let me know. Cheers. Thanks for having me, Josh. Pleasure.